It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, it is playoffs eve, and though we've previewed all angles of the series so far this week, there's still lots of questions left unanswered, and so we opened up the mailbag. We're going to empty the clip on all your questions regarding just the general state of feeling going into the series for Raptors fans. We're going to talk about Pascal Siakam and what kind of series it might take for him to join the elite tier of the NBA, at least in the eye of public opinion. Plus, we are also going to dig into questions about the rotation. How are things going to shake out could scotty barnes be at risk of being exposed as a rookie or is he beyond that already all of that and so much more on your mailbag playoff edition of locked on raptors thanks so much for being here oh like because when i shot i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1159 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, April the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and you can subscribe to, follow, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts on all your favorite podcast apps in audio form. You can also go to YouTube at Locked On Raptors, just LockedOnRaptors.com. That's not how it works. YouTube.com slash LockedOnRaptors or something like that. I don't know the exact URL off the top of my head either way it's easy to find with whatever google or bing you use please go subscribe and support the show on youtube as well and a big thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day all right on today's show we are going to empty the clip we got a ton of mailbag questions in ahead of raptors sixers we won't get to all of them unfortunately because we got like a good you know 15 questions or something like that from the listeners we just don't have time to get to all of those i also don't have the breath to get to all of those and so joining me here today to help my covid addled ass get through this podcast by answering your mailbag questions is of course Katie Heindel. Katie, uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I feel good. I feel good going into the weekend. That is a really good thing to hear, and I guess uh, maybe makes the next question that we're going to get into redundant, but <laughs> I do think it is worth worth digging into. Uh, really, it's kind of the essential question for Raptors fans on the eve of the playoffs. This question comes in to start things off here uh, from our friend Jacob Kramer, who asks just basically... How are you feeling? Katie, you can expand upon your thoughts if you'd like, uh, but I- I'm curious as to your general mindset going into this Raptors series with the Sixers where all the pressure seems to be squarely on Philly's shoulders. It's been a wonderful, uh, exciting, ahead-of-schedule season for the Raptors. How do you feel going into this first-round tilt with Philadelphia? Yeah, I think the Sixers have a lot more to lose uh, mm-hmm. in this series, so that makes me feel good. Uh, on behalf of the Raptors, I think it's lower stakes. I think again, it seems like um like a, like the the theme of the season for me is every 
every win and, you know, every major progression has felt like a bonus. Uh, sure. And that's, this is one of them. I think though, and like, this is not me getting my hopes up too much. I'll clarify, but I think there's something to be said for teams that have low stakes historically in a playoff situation or not mm -hmm. necessarily a lot of pressure on them. Uh, being the arbiter of like upsets for other teams that have a, an immense amount of pressure on them. So I'm yeah. sort of curious to see how the Raptors play with that, you know, that kind of levity, uh, a part, the, the one part of me that was a little bit maybe trepidatious, uh, was in the absence of Kyle Lowry, just as a floor kind of organizer, especially if sure. things start to get strung out or feel a little bit sparse. Um, you know, this will be the first kind of tilt for Fred Emily and Pascal Siakam in their leadership role in the playoffs, certainly not yeah. their first tilt in the postseason. Uh, but I think to just keep this group cohesive and kind of together, especially, well, we'll talk about the lineup stuff later, I'm sure, but especially with what they're going to have to throw at the Sixers, that's going to be yeah. a tall order. I think they're totally up for the challenge, but I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, but otherwise, like, I feel pretty relaxed. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. You know, I think there's some level of, uh, I don't want to say expectation necessarily, because, and maybe there is, like with the way that the Sixers have been kind of derided and the fact that their play has not been terribly inspiring and the fact that you can very easily look at James Harden's season and say, uh, you might be cooked. <laughs> like, it really does get pretty easy to envision a pathway towards the Raptors winning. And I mean, I don't think it's just Raptors fans or people who cover the Raptors every day who feel this. If you mm -hmm. go and pull Sixers fans right now, there is a serious lack of confidence in the team. If you go back and listen to yesterday's Locked On Sixers, Locked On Raptors crossover, Keith Pompey picked the Raptors to win in six. Like it, it, is not just, <laughs> it is not just a Raptors-related thing here. It very much is. Uh, you know, I, I think a, a totally reasonable outcome here that the Raptors win this series because of all the flaws the Sixers have on hand and because of the very clear advantages the Raptors have in a couple of departments. I still think Sixers in seven because Joel Embiid's a freak and he's amazing. And I just, I feel like slowing him down over the course of seven games is going to be very difficult for this Raptors team uh, as it would be for anybody. The Raptors might have a better shot of most than to do it, but it, it's not an easy order to, uh, to fill. And so, yeah, it, it, there is a little bit of expectation there, but I do think it is pretty low stakes. It does kind of remind me of that 2013-14 season, and I've compared this season to that year a lot. But going into that Nets series, yes, the Raptors were the home team. There was a 3-6, but the Nets like clearly game to the system to play the Raptors in the first round because they were very clearly the, the sort of like easiest or uh, most beatable of the top four teams in the East that year. Uh, it's different this year, of mm -hmm. course, it's a 4-5, but I, I do think there is something to the idea of like the Raptors, despite being in better form right now, still being notably the underdogs. And if they can just kind of push it long and go to seven or something like that, that will feel like a pretty satisfying end to the season once you get some distance from it. It might have some heartbreaker potential in that game seven if it does come to that or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. a blocked shot by Paul Pierce uh, or someone who's a stand-in for him. Uh, I guess there's not really a Paul Pierce stand-in. Uh, Paul Pierce right now would be the best wing defender on the Sixers. Uh, so maybe there's not that same sort of corollary. But I do think, like, if they do lose this series, it might sting for a minute. But it will, you know, in the grand scheme of things, kind of be that sort of first building block towards something bigger, I would assume. So mm -hmm. with that knowledge, it, it feels pretty all right. Do you envision any sort of, like, 
disaster potential here, Katie, um, just to linger on this question a little bit more. Like, is there something no. that could leave you feeling <laughs> sour at the end of this series if uh, if it plays out? I mean, if anybody gets hurt, awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, not really. I guess, let me reframe it. <laughs> like, sour on the concept of vision six foot nine and the way the team is being built like this matchup against Embiid kind of challenges it more than most real matchups would i, I mm-hmm. think just because of what Embiid represents and the sort of uh singular talent that he is at the size he is like it is very clearly like if the raptors were further down in their development track they might have gone out and gotten a guy who can be their sort of Embiid fix much like they got gasol back in the day um, you know, is, is there a world in which you kind of feel like this Raptors team building vision is actually maybe kind of doomed based on what happens in this series? No, there's no, no. world. I mean, that's what, if you're trying to do something new, you need to get tested and sometimes you need to get worked, right? Like sometimes yeah, yeah. you need to actually have the worst case scenario play out because it, you either then are like, all right, we're going to stick to this because this is still what we believe in and tweak it. You know, to go unchallenged doesn't mean that what you're trying for is good and working. It just means that maybe you've gone unchallenged thus far, right? So I yeah. think um, that said, I do feel like the Raptors are pretty equipped, uh, as equipped as they can be at this moment, you know, to to face the yeah. Sixers. And I don't think... You know, even if it's like if we're talking like a sweep, a six for sweep, I would equate that to more than just uh, the grander vision for the team maybe being a little bit off, you know, and I wouldn't yeah. see I, I couldn't even see the front office then rushing out in the summer to, to you know, fix that and to like, all right, well, we need a traditional big after all because you've gone right. they've gone too far in this direction. So, no, I think um, they'll definitely be challenged to it and maybe some times where it looks awkward. Uh, maybe like a little bit ugly and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but no, I don't, I, I think like, this is what, this is what the team is. Yeah. I think I'm with you too. I think the only things that could happen that really kind of, you know, cast a pall on the season are like, if Pascal reverts back to bubble Pascal, I don't think that's going to happen because mm-hmm. he's just a significantly better and more well-rounded player from now uh, now than he was then. You know, there will probably be some drop-off in the production just because that's what happens in the playoffs and teams are going to be geared up to stop him. And, you know, that's just the way it goes. But I, I don't think we're going to see a complete reversion back to that past version. And he's a guy who's been successful in the playoffs before. And I think that bubble is probably going to stand as the outlier for his career more than anything else. Um, so, that, that, yeah, I, I feel pretty all right about where things are headed. And I don't think a 4-0 series loss or anything like that, you know, sends the Raptors back into the drawing board and figuring things out. It's more just like, uh, okay, well, maybe Precious Achua gets better next season. And, like, mm-hmm. and they continue to build forward and, you know, guys improve and Scotty Barnes is still there. And you shouldn't forget that. Uh, like, let me just state it now. Scotty Barnes being on this team made it a successful season from like week one of the year. And that hasn't yes. changed anything. Like having this Scotty who is like way ahead of schedule, looks like he's got star potential down the line. Like everything is gravy on top of that. Of course, you always want more gravy. You're never going to be upset by having more gravy on your food. But uh, I mean, maybe you will, but I, I certainly will not. I love gravy. It's delicious. Uh, and I'll be happy if there's more of it. But if not, then yeah, the, the idea that this season could become a failure by a playoff loss. I don't think that is in the cards at all, which makes to answer the original question from Jacob Kramer, how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we're going to continue on here and we're going to dig into a few more mailbag questions from the lovely listeners. But first I want to tell you about our friends over at bet online. 
It's your number one source for all the sports betting stats and info that you might need. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, podcasts, news this season, including this year's basketball playoffs, all teed up for you, and the start of the Major League Baseball season's up and going as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You get Vegas casino games on there too as well. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, and learn more about the trends and the action. Maybe you feel like you want to do like a little parlay or something like that. You can do a, a Raptors win on Saturday and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. anytime home run or something like that you're probably going to be in a pretty good shape if that's what you're going with it's not a uh, raptors home game in game one so perhaps they flipped the script from past playoffs and uh losses early on in series either way go to bet online and check them out they are where the game starts the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Katie Heindel from Basketball Feelings, Dime, Yacht, like the whole internet. It's ridiculous, Katie. You're just taking over the damn world. Uh, let's get to a couple of other mailbag questions here. This one here comes from uh, Up in My Tree asks, uh, Scotty Barnes can still struggle sometimes as an ISO defender. What does he need to improve on so he's not targeted in this series? Interesting question. I agree. He is someone who I think is better as like an off-ball rover sort of mm-hmm. cleanup messes, cause messes for the other team away from the ball type defender. And we'll get to how I think he's going to be deployed in this series in a sec here. But is there anything he can do, do you think, to sort of become a better on-ball guy within series? It feels like a bit of a tall ask for him to change and sort of address his biggest flaw on mm-hmm. defense in one series. But hey, maybe going up against this old version of James Harden is like the the medicine that his on-ball defense needs. <laughs> it's going to be, I think they're going to try and make things difficult for Scotty Barnes anyway, because like when you look at kind of where the chink in the armor for the team is like notably you put try and put pressure on the rookie right yep. especially rookie like scotty barnes who has such a massive role with the team um and will be in any kind of starting lineup iteration i can think of so i mean i agree with you i think scotty barnes is best uh suited on the floor when he's kind of free to roam around hunt for mismatches and things like that um so it will be an interesting challenge for him. I don't think there's anything he could do <laughs> in the like interim <laughs> to address that. What I am curious to see is the way that Scotty Barnes uh, adapts kind of game to game. He's been very sure. relatively quick, I think, for a first year player in doing that this season. He's had a couple totally. times where he's lagged. Um, like, but you haven't really seen him come back and make the same mistakes. Maybe he'll do it like one game two max, uh, but then you haven't really seen him do it after that. The playoffs, uh, things are much, the, the, the runway is much shortened. Right. So it's like, you can't actually afford to make the same mistakes in us in like right. the next game after you've made those mistakes. So I'm sort of curious to see how he adapts. Um, and just like, either compartmentalizes that pressure or figures out a way to work with it. Um, but I think like, what, what can you do? Like the Sixers are, they're going to have a summer, like they're going to be out yeah. to get him. Right. Uh, that's like, yeah. it, it, and I think like doc will be coaching that way too. Um, so I don't know what 
Scotty can do, but I do feel that he's also very equipped. He's a super cool headed player. He's extremely strong, very athletic. It's not like he's going to get pushed around that much on the floor. Um, so I think he's in a good position, but I think this is also one of those things where he's got to, he's got to struggle a bit. Yeah. Right. Like to come to yeah. you, you want him to struggle a bit. That's like why you want him to get playoff reps in the first place. Yeah, that's what the whole point of making the playoffs was, was to, you know, mm-hmm. throw them to the fire and see, hey, you, how do you adapt? I mean, to all not this the and... full fire, but like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you want him, you, I mean, you want to see what this guy, he's good, supposed to be like your future star yeah. uh, of the franchise. You want to see what he looks like under pressure, right? And how he can, yeah. how he takes that. For sure. I, I think for me, the thing that worries me is if he's ever on Tyrese Maxey. I think that's sort of mm-hmm. been his biggest weakness this season defensively is really quick slippery guards um and i think they have to really try to gear their defense to the point where he's not on maxi the problem is is he's probably going to start the series on Embiid, right like yeah. i don't know if you can risk pascal picking up fouls by guarding Embiid early on in the series and so like if they're going to start small which i think there's a very real chance we see a change in the starting five over the course of this series. And I would not be shocked at all if we see Precious Achua replace Gary Trent Jr. at some point, and then Precious becomes that main guy for Embiid. It could happen in game one. Nick Nurse is wild. He could do that for sure. Um, but I think if they start small, Scotty's going to have the, the sort of original Embiid assignment. He's not going to be alone on an island by any means because there's going to be mm-hmm. help coming from all over the place. And that's going to be the whole, I think, crux of the Raptors' defense against Embiid is not just one guy, but two or three. Um, the problem there is if like you run a pick and roll with Maxi and MB and they're trying to get those switches, that could be, I think, a pretty sore spot for, for Scotty. I, I think for me, the way I try to orient things is like Scotty on Tobias Harris feels to me like the move, maybe on Thibel when he plays, just because he's not a terribly troublesome uh threat, I, I would mm-hmm. say. And, you know, that kind of frees Scotty up to do his whole fly around thing, especially if Harris is going to be reticent to take catch and shoot threes, which is what he's going to have to do in this series, but he's not been terribly thrilled about doing all season long. Like that feels like that opens up Scotty to go do his off ball marauding stuff quite a bit. And they're not going to use Tobias Harris in a ton of actions to put him in pick and roll and maybe have him switch on a smaller guy or whatever it might be. Um, you know, that obviously creates the question of where does Fred Van Vliet play? Who does he line up against? You know, if Thibel's playing, I don't hate the idea of him on Thibel either, just because he can help off of him very liberally and come down and help with, with Embiid. I could also see him getting the James Harden assignment. Uh, I could see them hiding him there, uh, kind of sticking him on Harden, and then maybe sticking uh, Gary Trent Jr. on Tobias Harris as well as kind of like just hiding him over there. It's a really interesting one with lots of sort of intricate matchups that you can sort of pinpoint and and sort of pros and cons of all of them. I would say above all though, um, you know, I mentioned the issues with Scotty staying in front of Tyrese Maxey that I'm concerned Mm -hmm. about. I think the way you try to solve that is just have OG be your Maxey guy from day one. Um, You know, it's a lot because he hasn't played a lot lately, but he has been their best guy for those slippery guards all season long, better than Fred, better than Scotty, better than Pascal, better than Trent. Um, You know, I, I think that's probably the move here is you stick OG onto maxi and then hopefully you kind of keep scotty away from potentially being switched on to him um, by having a sort of off ball with harris it's a really interesting dynamic i I don't really know who's going to get the sort of first assignment quote unquote on Embiid again i would i would guess it's scotty but i could see them changing that up to avoid those positions where scotty's kind of compromised because he's been switched out onto somebody on the perimeter so yeah and nothing is going to be static i was going to say like sorry there's a cat hair on my 
face. Um, nothing, nothing's going to be static. You know, we're talking about like game to game, but like nothing's even going to be static in game. Right. Like right. I think the, I think Nick nurse just like switching it up. <laughs> like as much I, as I feel can. like Nick nurse is having himself a very good time preparing for this. Yeah. Season. yeah. I mean, look like nothing like Doc Rivers is a phenomenal coach, but like if this is one of the areas where you have an advantage in Nick nurse being able to, and like this team also being able to like follow those instructions and kind of switch on the fly, he's yeah. going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I will quibble with the Doc Rivers is a phenomenal coach. He might have been in the past. He has been. Well, a, that's what I mean. Like state he, of affairs. He, he's a historically great coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, historically great coach at losing three one leads as well. Uh, we uh, got another question here to get into. This one comes from Eric Morris, a regular question asker at Epic Mobis on Twitter. Are the Raptors still okay if the very young players don't step up in the playoffs? Can Pascal, Fred, OG, Thad be good enough to beat Philly if Scotty, Precious, and Gary struggle? Uh, Katie, well, what do you think about this proposition? Can the Raptors be carried to success by their core guys if the younger guys, who are certainly part of their core but have yet to sort of have that established experience, if they struggle? I don't think so. Uh, no. I think <clears throat> it's going to take everybody. I think it'll be a long series no matter who it goes to. I feel like yeah. six or seven games makes sense to me. Uh, and no, like I can't even, even with Kawhi, <laughs> it took everybody. <laughs> like playoff games take everybody to win. They yeah. just do. That's kind of the nature of them, you know? Um, and I think the Raptors, especially more so because, you know, um, like Chris Boucher, his shooting has been great as of late, but that hasn't been yeah. a consistent thing all season. Um, Pascal is still like as phenomenally as he's playing like across the floor. You know, shooting can still come and go for him like in this in sure. a game, right? Like quarter to quarter that can happen. Uh, it depends like how overpowered Fred might get. That too has been shooting like lights out. Yeah. Maybe that's because he's been utilized in a way he wasn't in the past, you know, uh, like with the Raptors, but um that's just a tall ask like there i'd even say like i can't think of a team that it wouldn't take everybody from you know yeah and i would say to that point like there have been games i guess in recent raptors playoff history where one guy has kind of won it for them like i think of you game want seven. those it, games yeah yeah and like but, but those, they don't have a like, Kawhi. yeah is the thing. and like, that's they a don't testament. have someone who can be like i'm gonna take 40 shots and win exactly. this game just based on pure will so yeah yeah and like those were those games usually come a lot later in the postseason yeah. right when it's like everybody is hurt and like really yeah. banged up and it takes those <laughs> yeah. kind of random like all right it's gonna be the mark salt game or it's gonna be like the danny green game <laughs> i hope it's not the danny green game in this series but you know like yeah. that i think like that comes a little later these first like lifts uh especially with against a team like the Sixers, like it's a heavy lift and it is going to take everybody. And I would also say too, like, you know, Scotty precious Gary, they're not just typical young guys. They're not shake Milton here, right? Like they are pretty <laughs> integral to what the team is oh, trying I to like do. Shake. I, I, I'm not, I just thought <laughs> meant as a slight towards shake Milton, but like and -ball shake Paul. Milton, he's the eighth guy. He's this B-ball Paul is a great example, right? Like, if B-Ball Paul plays for the Sixers, like, great for them if he has, like, eight good minutes a game. 
it may not make or break their chances of winning the series. If Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and Precious Achua are bad, like those are three guys who are, I think, essential to their chances of winning this series and why I feel like they have a chance of doing it. Mm-hmm. Like Trent's shooting is so valuable. It's going to be huge off of Siakam because Siakam is going to see a ton of attention mm-hmm. and it's going to be on guys to knock down the looks he creates. Um, with Barnes, like the mismatch hunting that he can do against the not very good set of wing defenders for the Sixers is a pretty essential avenue to points, I think. And then Precious, I've said it all along, like he might be the most important swing player in the series for the Raptors because he can guard both Embiid and Harden. He can switch that action. That is incredibly valuable. But if he's doing early season Precious stuff on offense, which could happen, he's 22, it might revert back and he might have some growing pains here. Then the Raptors are going to be in really tough. I just don't know if they have the horses if those three guys are not chipping in. Even if you get good, good series from Chris Boucher and Thad Young and, and whatnot. Like, There's it, only one guy in the NBA that's got horses, Sean. That's true. Oh, Nicola. We love him. Uh, we're <laughs> we are going to continue on and, and uh, plow, plow through a few rapid fire questions to close out the show here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Go and check out Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars in the world, and they have tons of wonderful flavors for you to try out. They've got, you know, nutty flavors with almond or peanuts or whatever it might be. Peanut butter brownies are a really good one. Uh, if you are nut free or you have an allergy, then you can always check out their nut free flavors, all completely safe. If you are someone with an allergy they also have the built puffs they're little marshmallow puffs they're delicious they come in banana cream pie cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow you can check those out as well they might just be your brand new favorite all bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yes that includes the puff 100 real chocolate and they are low calorie high protein you can replace your candy bars with these and not miss a beat when it comes to your snacking or indulgence they are that good and they taste better while also being better for you like really you, you can't go wrong with a built bar and they make it taste great every time. I don't know how they do it, but they figure out how to make it taste great first and then they make it healthy. They reverse engineer it. They go from where they want to be and and work backwards from there and they make it work every single time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. It is a crazy world out there when it comes to auto parts. Everything is expensive, and you don't really have a whole lot of say in the matter when you go to the mechanic and say, hey, my car's messed up. Can you fix this part? And they will say, yes, I have this part available. It costs this much money. No negotiation. It's the only part we have. Sorry, deal with it. Well, Rock Auto is here to solve that problem and give you the power back when you go to the mechanic. Instead of going and being at the mercy of what the mechanic has, you can buy the part yourself at rockauto.com for a way lower price than you're going to typically find. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump at your you know regular chain store is going to run you about 353 bucks. At rockauto.com, you can get it for $216. That is like 140 bucks of scratch to be doing something other than paying for your car. And that, as someone uh, who does not like my car, I just have it as a place to get a thing to get places. That is a wonderful thing for me. I don't really care about what my car looks like. I just don't want to spend that much money on it. And rockauto.com helps you if you're in the same boat or if you're a professional who likes to do up a car maybe you are an expert in this and you want to sort of do it at your do it yourself or whatever it might be you can get parts and they're the same prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike so go and check it out rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on and there how'd you hear about us box and then they'll be sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com 
And we round out your first listen of the day here with some more mailbag questions from the good folks out there. Uh, this question here comes from Logan Christie, who asked, do you think Thad slips into the six-man role just based on experience, or will Chris, Chris and Precious play the same in the playoffs? Uh, there's also a question that I, I believe asked the over-under on minutes played for Precious Achua in the series at 29 and a half. Uh, this one comes from Jordan Papazolu, which is uh, a very good question as well. So we'll kind of weave them all in together. That is the sixth man. Is that something mm-hmm. you could see him playing more minutes than those guys? Uh, Precious and Boucher, you know, Brett Precious with that over under 29 and a half. Uh, what say you on the sort of complexion of the Raptors three main guys off the bench in this series? I really wonder because this stuff makes me think of like Norman Powell's <laughs> like first play, you know, like his playoff right, right. when when Norman Powell was primarily just a playoff player because you were like, oh, yeah, regular season, pretty good. And then he would just come alive. Bucks are there. And then yeah. he's just going to slit their throats on, on the floor. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Just like a completely different, just like a completely <laughs> different guy in the playoffs. Um, yeah. I keep trying to think of like a like a pop culture comparison and I'm really coming up blank. Sorry, everybody. Um, but I wonder, I wonder if we're going to see that from Thad precious and Chris Boucher was the second, was the third option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried and I really hope like, it's like a slight worry uh, and I hope it is completely unfounded just about precious. I think, um, I think he can like he's so he seems like he's super kind of cool and collected from all the uh, practice uh, questions yeah. I've seen him field and just like where I think his head's at going into this series. But that's another guy I think the Sixers are going to be looking to put pressure on along with Scotty Barnes like that. I'm really not worried about that guy's got like a wealth, you know, of yeah. experience to draw from um, Boucher, too. Like as, yeah. as as much as he can kind of look spotty, like he's been here before. So sure. I think Precious, I hope we get some like really crazy games out of him. Um, but I don't, I'm sorry, I'm not really even answering the question. I'm trying All right. to think of what it was. Like, I guess it's like, does, does Nurse end up sort of falling back and trusting Thad more than those two guys? I guess it's sort of the, the heart um, of the question. I think it's going to depend how they play. I think a lot's yeah. going to get sorted out in the first game uh, for how Nurse like approaches approaches who he puts his trust in for the next one. But he's also not someone who will kind of squander and relinquish opportunities. You know, he's not going to. He also can't afford to just like bench somebody outright for this whole series, yeah. right? It's going to need, as we said before, it's going to take everybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if he like maybe you see Precious early just so also precious can kind of get a taste of things uh, and then, you know, put that in for some cushion, like in the, the middle quarters, you know, like maybe like yeah. the second and the third uh, and then toss precious back in there and have Boucher rotating in. I could see their minutes also being pretty evenly split. To be I think honest. that's kind of, yeah, that's where I come down. I think it's going to be pretty even because I think those three guys, you know, have proven they fit in the sort of in-between lineups with the Raptors starters mm-hmm. quite well. Mm-hmm. The lineups where the Raptors have gone super weird and everyone's 6'8 or 6'9 have been really effective in short bursts this season. And you've got to have those short burst moments where you can win a, a section of minutes by 10 points while mm-hmm. Embiid's on the bench or something like that. And I think those guys are going to be key to that. I also think like they're all just going to have to take time guarding Embiid as that sort of primary as well right like they're all gonna have to soak up possessions boucher might struggle there because he's like literally half an Embiid, but uh it's 
you know, they're all going to have to be there to just like offer, as Nick Nurse said yesterday in his availability, talking about how like they just got to like absorb all the fouls that mm-hmm. they can throw at Embiid across the board. And I think they're going to have to disperse it. Otherwise, you're going to have guys run into foul trouble. So the question about Achua and the 29 and a half over under, I think he's going to take over. I, I think he's going to play a lot. I think he's going to close games in the series, at least more often than not, if he's if he's shooting well, just because of the defense he offers late in mm-hmm. games. He closed, uh, I believe, both of the games they beat uh, the Sixers in over the last month, definitely the one last week. And so, like, I think, like, he's been really good in this matchup. I think Nick Nurse, you know, knows that he's kind of the avenue to success for them in this series because of the things he does defensively. And you might even take some bad shooting just to get that defense on the floor. So I, I think need we his size. are in for... Yeah, yeah, totally. And his yeah. rebounding, like, it's it just... He's going to be a really, really key figure in this series. And maybe it's a lot to say, man, Precious Achu, a huge piece in this series, but... That's where the Raptors are. They're still early on in this building process, and it might not seem so crazy in two years that Precious Achua was such a linchpin for a series. But uh, I think we're going to see him play. We've seen quite weirder. A bit. Yeah. It's not that weird, totally. right? Like when you think Louis Scola started an entire playoff yeah. run for the Raptors. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say that. Like when you think of all the components you've seen in Raptors playoff teams of the past, Precious Achua is like it's it's a it's a beautiful fit by comparison. Hundred percent. Uh, another question uh, also about the rotation, also from someone with the last name Christie. This is Mike Christie asking, uh, will they go deeper into the bench than expected with uh, nine already done, nine already likely seeing some minutes, uh, and which, if any, guards crack the bench rotation, especially if Fred's too injured? So let's tackle the first one here. Mm-hmm. You know, nine is an interesting question here because that, I think, assumes that Kem Birch is going to play a lot of minutes in this series. And I'm terrified of that, Katie, because like I think Kem stands a chance of, you know, offering some resistance to Embiid, but the offensive hit you take when he's out there, I mean, he hasn't hit a corner three all season long. He just does not offer the spacing. And as much as it's nice to have those floaters and things like that, I just think the other bigs the Raptors have offer a little bit more in terms of what the Raptors are doing out there. And it's mm-hmm. not like Kem is like three inches taller than any of these guys and can offer, you know, a tangible amount of extra resistance to Embiid so I actually think by the time this series is over it's going to be trimmed down to eight they might have Kem sprinkle in there early on but it's not been consistent for him in terms of his role this season and I just think you can't afford to take too much off the table offensively against a team like the Sixers where you know as much as they've kind of struggled defensively at times this year like they have Joel Embiid he's the biggest deterrent or one of the biggest deterrents in the league it makes your offense always under pressure and under duress and having Ken Birch in there I feel like maybe you're kind of asking for some trouble but do you th- I guess that's the question do you think it's eight or nine and if there's someone from the deep part of the bench who's a guard who do you think might sprinkle in if uh, someone struggles if, if Fred struggles for example I think we could probably see everybody. I feel like we might see Malachi like some games, you know, like I don't think that's completely like, I don't, I also don't see why that's seems so shocking. Um, You know, I don't really see Fred struggling too badly uh, in, in, in these games. I say that now, but um, I think it might take everybody. I want to see, I want to see some deep bench action. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess it's not I guess it's maybe not the time <laughs> to see it because but I've wanted to see it all season you know like uh, sure. some faces that like we haven't really seen on the floor quite quite often um 
Yeah, the chem the chem situation is tricky also because where what I said before about maybe we'll get to see some really uh, crazy playoff playoff games from guys who haven't really shown out yet this season. I don't know. Will we see that from Kim? I don't know. Like, is he going to finally hit his corner three? I'm not sure. But he does yeah. still, like, allow some breathing room. And just even if it's, like, opportunities for, for guys to kind of sit out and rest their legs because it's going to be a pretty physical series, too, if, like, what the Raptors have in their biggest advantage is their size uh, yeah. and kind of length and strength. So I, I, I think you could see a lot of faces. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think I err more on the Nick Nurse is kind of a tr circle of trust kind of guy, and I feel like maybe we see a lot of looks in game one, but I could see that mm -hmm. whittled down to seven or eight guys. Like I could even see like if Boucher struggling with the size of the Sixers, maybe he finds himself on the outside looking into the rotation. I, I don't think I want to see that. He's very mm -hmm. valuable to what the Raptors do, and his defense is huge, and his offensive rebounding is one of the avenues the Raptors have to putting up a better offensive series than the Sixers do. Um, but, you know, I, I think I probably go with history on this one and that Nurse will get creative in the way he deploys guys, but probably keeps it to a pretty tight circle of, of eight, I would guess. Um, but, you know, if someone does sprinkle in, like I could totally see Cam getting run if he plays well, if he is offering some good resistance to MB, maybe they, you know, he has like a pretty nice series when it comes to the floater and stuff like that. Maybe that becomes more of a reliable look for them. Mm -hmm. I could also see Malachi Flynn just for the shooting, like if you know they're getting zoned up or something like that, and they're having trouble knocking down their threes, and they just don't have enough spacing out there. Precious isn't hitting his, Boucher's not hitting his. That goes cold. Like Malachi might be the guy to swap in there just to see if you can get him going a little bit with those looks. Um, but it's also uh, because the Sixers yeah. won't necessarily be expecting it. That's not who they've studied, yeah, right? Like totally, in this, yeah, in these kind of situations. So you won't, but you only get one of those <laughs> times yeah. because after that, they're like, "Oh, we know this now." But you know, throw whatever you can at them. Totally. Uh, one last quick one here, Katie, before I let you go. Uh, this question comes from D Dakota Smith. Dakota Schmidt, I uh, follow Dakota, lovely stuff uh, on the G League over there. Uh, is there a correlation between the fall of society in the mid to late 2010s and beyond and the NBA no longer using the Pitbull playoff song? Song so good. I mean, the, the <laughs> playoff and the original. And I get chills when I hear it. Mm. Um, both versions. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, yeah, there is. Bring it back. Bring back Bring Mr. Back. Worldwide. And it'll be mm -hmm. back to the Halcyon days of the aughts where everything was good. Uh, <laughs> We're going that way in fashion anyway. So it's true. It's true. Bring back people. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Katie, this was lovely. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, no, I haven't really figured out how I'm going to do playoff coverage at Basketball Feelings, uh, but I'll probably have to do something. So you can you can follow along at basketballfeelings.com. Highly recommend as a paid subscriber. It's wonderful. Go do it. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to you, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated. Go to YouTube, hit subscribe over there as well. The playoffs are tomorrow, baby. Uh, we're probably going to have an episode on either early Monday morning, like recorded and posted at like midnight uh, on Monday morning or on Sunday, depending on uh, just scheduling and stuff like that. But there will be a, a podcast breaking down game one before game two on Monday night. And uh, that will be awesome. I'll be at the games in Toronto next week. 
We'll probably do video recordings from in person. Uh, Keith Pompey will be hanging around for Locked On Sixers. We might have him hop on too. So it is going to be great. Really excited. Love playoff coverage on the podcast. We will have it all for you over the course of the next couple weeks and hopefully beyond. Uh, But until then, thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day Locked On NBA and uh, get the lowdown on the play-in games uh, that are going on tonight. And with that, we will talk to you again on Sunday or Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Enjoy game one, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.